0: See each one of you back in the Lord's house tonight. Would you stand with me, please? Let's turn to page 176. Page 176. Aren't you thankful tonight there's still power in the blood? Amen. Page 176. Let's sing all four verses as we begin. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. working back. By- Power, power, wonder-working power In the blood of the Lamb There is power, power, wonder-working power In the precious blood of the Lamb Amen. Great start tonight. What a
1: blessing. Sure glad to see you back here uh, tonight. And so let's open up in a word of prayer uh, tonight. I'm going to ask our youth director, Brother Tim Quinlan, if you would pray for us tonight. Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight, uh, of course, uh, getting very, very excited uh, about the uh, fall uh, revival. I actually got a text this afternoon from uh, Brother Dean Herring, said, looking forward, uh, just excited, looking forward to uh, being with you all uh, next week. And I said, we are, too, and, and we are fasting and, and praying. And then I texted him again and said, oh, yeah, and a new Andy's just opened up right down the road from the church just in time for revival. Amen. Amen to which he was uh, very excited about. Brother Dean Herring, uh, one time I, he, he was preaching for us when I was in Cassville, and we were up in the Joplin area preaching a preacher's meeting together. And uh, after the preacher's meeting, I said, I'm going to take you to Andy's. And we were going down Rangeline Road, and we saw the, the custard, the cone and the custard thing up in the sign in the air. And Brother Dean hollers out, "Sign!" The spout where the glory comes out scared me half to death, almost run off the road and killed both of us. Uh, but either way, anyways, we survived and, and he does, he, he is a Andy's fanatic as well, so I'm excited. So we will probably be eating a lot of Andes throughout the week, amen. But you can live off the stuff, amen, so that'll be a, a blessing. Of course, we are fasting uh, from TV and entertainment, not sweets, amen. And uh, uh, so do encourage you, we want to encourage you to continue to participate in that. And then next Sunday uh, does start our fall revival. We're going to have the uh, Assurance Trio here from Heartland Baptist Bible College Sunday morning and Sunday night. Uh, All the services will be at normal times except for the Sunday evening service. Tonight we had our Bible study at 6 o'clock, and so next Sunday we won't do that. We'll just have our 6.30 service, and then 7 o'clock Monday through Friday each night. I want to encourage you to be here in your place. Uh, Make a commitment now to be here uh, because the message you miss will be the message you needed. And and I know you can say, well, I'll just catch it on live stream. You and I both know this. It's not the same. And it's good to be in your place. It's good to be an encouragement to the man of God as he preaches and to your church family by being in your place. But I'm telling you, there's something about God's people showing up and him being right there in the midst of us and and sensing his presence and his power and working in our lives. And we need that. We we definitely uh, need that. So I want to encourage you to be here for that. Some other things coming up in October I wanted to mention tonight, October the 21st is churchwide uh, outreach and that's at ten thirty 30 uh, in the morning and then also if you have young people in the youth department there's a youth rally that afternoon i believe it is and that's at riverside baptist church up in saint joseph uh, missouri so again if you have young people in the teen department make sure you're aware of that uh, october the 24th which is on a tuesday be the ladies meeting for the month of october and that'll be at seven o'clock over in the fellowship hall and the ladies are asked to bring finger foods and a ladies' birthday gift. I have no idea what that's about because I don't. I'm not involved in the ladies' cult. All right, so that's, uh, But anyways, hopefully you ladies understand that. If you have any questions, see my wife. She's the head of the cult. Amen. Um, October the I'm just kid, October the 27th, which is on a Friday, uh, will be our harvest party. And so, if you have kids in Faith Baptist School, that'll be from one. To 3 p.m. in the afternoon and then of course it is church-wide that night from 7 to 9 o'clock in the evening and I would venture to say that probably after or maybe even during uh, the revival meeting uh, next week we'll probably be uh, doing things like getting the candy barrels out there in the outer foyer if you don't know what that is it's just an empty barrel and we ask people to bring bags of candy and fill it up Uh, and then of course there'll be a sign-up sheets and things like that for uh, help because we'll need a lot of help uh I'm uh, you know we we I I don't I'm not we don't do Halloween that that is a demonic and wicked holiday we don't do that kind of stuff but but I'm telling you we want it to be where our community understands that there's a church here that cares about their soul and a lot of times people will come to something like this that they won't come to uh, a church service and stuff like that and so Uh, I'm very thankful we just have bouncy houses and games for them to play and give them candy and just be around the kids and the parents, and we have seen a lot of visitors and families come as a result of that, and so if you'd like to help out with that, we would sure uh, appreciate uh, that. And then, of course, last but not least is October the 29th, which is on a Sunday uh, after the evening service. There will will be a Linger Longer, and then there is a Teen Chili Cook-Off, so eat at your own risk, amen, so...
0: Ask if you'd stand with me again, please. And let's turn to page 161. Page 161. Hallelujah. What a Savior that we serve. Amen. Page 161. Let's sing it out. Man of sorrow. can't help but look at the last words on that verse the very last phrase then anew this song will sing and just to think about when we sing and the Lord is our audience now how are we going to sing when we're in heaven we need to be singing that way now church we need to be singing to him now praise the Lord for all he's done for us And ask for the Micah Quinlan would you pray for the offering tonight please Amen. You may be seated tonight. praise him we have a lot to praise him for amen because of that we can have joy unspeakable let's stand together joy unspeakable page number 530 we're going to sing verses 1 3 and 4 tonight verses 1 3 and 4 joy unspeakable and full of glory sing it out together on that first verse i have found his grace is all complete he supplyeth every and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. I have found that hope too bright and clear, living in the realm see his smiling face. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, oh, the half has never yet been told. I have found the joy no tongue can tell, how its waves of glory. up within my soul. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of glory, full of glory. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, the half has never yet been told. Amen. Great singing. You may be seated tonight. The Lord of sea and sky. I have heard my people cry. All who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I who made the stars of night. Darkness bright. Who will bear my light to them? Who shall I send? Here I
1: morning and then brother eric and miss philly tonight two great couples and just beautiful songs uh to, and, and uh, what a blessing today has been amen well it's amazing good stuff tonight well uh let's all stand tonight in honor of god's word and and want to invite you to first samuel <clears throat> and chapter number two tonight uh first samuel and chapter number two uh, tonight. Now, uh, if you remember, uh, you maybe if you were here uh, last week, uh, we, we saw this. Uh, we, we saw where the scriptures changed from, from covering the life of Hannah to focusing on the evil of the two sons of Eli the priest, uh, whose names are Hophni and Phinehas. And the reason is because the spiritual leadership is going to transition in the nation of Israel from Eli and his house and and unto Samuel. Samuel is going to become the last judge, but also the first prophet of of Israel. And really, it begins with, with what we looked at last week, you know, this, because of the contrast that was in the passage. You understand, Hophni and Phinehas despised their heritage. But Eli, or I'm sorry, Samuel received his and, and, and was very grateful for the spiritual investment of Hannah and her praying, praying for him and, and, and committing him unto the Lord and making him a, a little coat and bringing it to him uh, each year. But I want us to pick up tonight in verse number 22 because again we're going to see Hophni and Phinehas. Come into view here. It says this now. Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto, uh, or heard all that his sons did unto all Israel, and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear ye make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. Talking about the judgment of men. But if a man sin against the Lord... Who shall entreat for him? You understand what he's saying is this, is that you are bringing about the judgment of Almighty God on your lives, notwithstanding, and this is the key here, notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. In other words, God is going to judge and destroy them. But again, notice here, it says this, And the child Samuel, well, he just grew on and was in favor both with the Lord, Jehovah God there, and also with men. So what I would say to you tonight is this, is that in this little paragraph, we come once again to another contrast. But this time it is not a contrast of heritages and how they responded to that, rather This time it's about receiving correction. See, Eli hears about his son's wickedness and he comes to rebuke them. However, they reject Eli as well. And this is going to have grave consequences on their lives. The judgment of God is going to engage itself and these two young men will be killed in in 1 Samuel chapter so, so here's the question for us, though, tonight. Are you willing to be corrected? How's your attitude? How's your response when God's Word or God's Spirit or maybe even God's man comes to you and corrects you? It's, is it one of reception or is it one of rebellion? You know, the Bible says this, and there's some precious verses in Proverbs. I love these. In Proverbs 27, 5, and 6, it says this, Open rebuke is better than secret love. Be In fact, it goes on to say this, listen to this, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of, the, of an enemy are deceitful. You know what he's saying? He's saying this, a true friend will confront you on some things. You know, a true friend will tell you when you got something hanging out your nose. A true friend will tell you when you got something in your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. A true friend will tell you when there's something in your life that he knows is not right or she knows it's not right. Anybody yeah. right. yeah. get this? Yeah. See, what I would say to you tonight is this, judging by the consequences of Hophni and Phineas, I think maybe it would be good for us to humble ourselves tonight. Yeah. And when God speaks to us about things, maybe we ought to get it right with Him. Yeah. Yeah. Be willing to be corrected. Father, would you bless the preaching now in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you be seated tonight. The story is told about a father, about the father of a vacationing family who came across the large sign as they were driving on the road and it read this, road closed, do not enter. The man proceeded around the sign because he was confident that it would save them time. His wife, typical wife, was resistant to the adventure. But there was no turning back for this persistent road warrior. I love it. After a few miles of successful navigation, he began to boast about his gift of discernment. His proud smile was quickly replaced with humble sweat when, he re- when the road led to a washed out bridge. He turned the car around and retraced his tracks to the main road, and when they arrived at the original warning sign, he was greeted by large letters on the back of it that read this, Welcome back, stupid. (laughs) I thought that was great. The moral of the story is, we don't always like being told what to do. This is a generation, and I think probably in every generation it could be said this, but, but I think with the media today and those kind of things, it is certainly being very, it is very prevalent, and, and certainly the message is being sent, that we have a huge problem with any type of authority whatsoever. Right. But the other thing to point out, even about that little story, as funny as it was, is this is that when we do refuse correction or, and we do attempt to do it in our own way, you need to understand this tonight. You don't always get to go back and start all over once the consequences begin to engage themselves. See, this is why the Bible warns us over and over and over again of having an arrogant, prideful spirit, a foolish character that does not receive correction. One of the places where you will find that is all throughout the book of Proverbs. I'll just read you a few of them tonight. If you take notes, you can write them down. But Proverbs 1 that we read this morning, it begins this way in verse number 7 when it says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. You know what that's talking about? That's talking about this. When a man humbles himself and realizes he doesn't know it all, but the one who created him knows how to make life work, that's the beginning of understanding right there. But it goes on to say this, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. It goes on to also say this in Proverbs 13:18, "Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored." In other words, someone that doesn't mind correction and is willing to receive it." Proverbs 15:32 goes on to say this: "He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul." But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. I guess we could say it like this tonight. Hophni and Phineas fit every one of these to a T. Last week we were introduced to these young men in verse number 12. I want you to go back up there in, in, in the Bible there. In verse number 12 of 1 Samuel chapter number 2 it says, Now the sons of Eli were, and notice this, sons of Belial. And so the Bible calls them right off the bat sons of Belial. Belial means evil. It means wicked. And so we understand that these were evil men. No doubt our text even reveals that once again tonight. But I would also say this, that, the, that, that a product of evil is having a spirit of rebellion that refuses correction. I'm just telling you tonight, I have no interest in being in this camp with Hophni and Phineas whatsoever in any aspect of my life. And I would hope that it would be that way with yours as well. But I want you to also note this, that it goes on to say this, in verse number 12, they knew not the Lord. And, and so that's the idea that these men were evil, they were wicked, and, 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 and they also were lost men even though they were carrying out the responsibilities of their father Eli who was the priest of the tabernacle. I want you to understand this tonight. When it comes to the subject of salvation, you and I need to be willing to listen and heed what the Lord has to say. Because you and I won't be standing before Him on Judgment Day on our terms. We will be standing before Him on His terms. I heard God say this one time, Well, you know, preacher, when I get there, I'll just square things up with God. Listen, it's not about you squaring things up with Him. It's about Him squaring things up with you. You understand, according to Revelation 20... The, book, the, the, the books that record our lives are going to be opened. The Lamb's book of life will be opened and man will be judged before those things. And when man's name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life, he is cast into the lake of fire forever and ever. And the only way to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life is to come to Jesus Christ with repentance toward God and faith in Him. That is how a man is saved. This is exactly what Jesus Christ Himself said. He made it clear, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by Me. Even His apostles would say, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And so you understand, friend, that His apostles witnessed His ministry. They witnessed His life. They heard His messages. They, they saw His resurrection. And they declared, as Christ declared, that it is in Him alone and faith in Him that saves man. And considering that eternity and, and hell hinges on these things, I, I want to declare to you tonight that I would much rather listen to the one who died for me and who rose again the third day and has the authority to forgive my sins and to give me eternal life I would much rather listen to what he has to say. I would much rather listen to his apostles and the word of God that's been given to us, those men that had a first-hand account of his life and his message and his death and his burial and his resurrection. I would much rather listen to them than some religious heretic some hundreds of years later who probably wasn't even converted himself And would proclaim that you got to get baptized to be saved, or that you got to have communion to be saved, or that you got to join the church to be saved, or you got to talk to somebody through a hole in a box to be saved, or you got to pray to Mary to be saved. Does anybody get what I'm saying to you tonight? I would much rather listen to what the Bible has to say than any of those things. And and I would say to you tonight if I was trusting in some of those things tonight, but I, but I saw what the Lord Jesus had to say and what the Bible had to say, I'm saying to you tonight, I, I think I would let that correct me. I think I would let that correct me so that, <laughs> I love what John said, so that I can know that I have eternal life. So that I, listen, I know that my sins have been forgiven and I have a right relationship with the God of heaven and earth and that my name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. Somebody say amen tonight. I'm just telling you, listen, I, 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 listen I, I don't want the second death that Revelation declares. I want life everlasting that God has for mankind. That's what I want. But I also know this. That after a person is saved, the instruction from God doesn't stop there. In fact, I would say to you tonight this, salvation is really the beginning. That once you become one of His children... There are a multitude of things that God requires from us as His children. This is just the beginning. There are a host of things. He wants to correct us in our lives. And He does this through conviction of the Holy Spirit in the preaching and understanding and study of the Word of God. And when we as God's children, when we refuse to be corrected, I you listen to this tonight doesn't matter if you're his child or not. There's still going to be consequences that come with that. And what's crazy is this. This is what blows my mind. What's crazy is I have seen people. I have seen people endure the consequences and still refuse to listen to God. And here's what I'd encourage you with tonight. Don't be that foolish. Don't have that type of character. And that's really, listen, I believe this. That's exactly what our text is about uh, tonight. Let let me give you some things here. Look with me in 1 Samuel chapter 2. And look with me there at verse number 22. So the Bible says this. Now the son, or I'm sorry, now Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and and so the first thing that I would bring to you tonight is this is really the cause of Hophni and, and Phineas's refusal to be, to be corrected in other words what I mean by that is this what what's what sets up this scene of rebuke by their father Eli and and I not only is it Eli hearing about these things and coming to them but I also believe this it's because they abused, talking about Hophni and Phineas, they abused the people and the place and even the position that they had under their father Eli. Let, let, me, let me explain to you all of these things. Notice here what we just read. It, it starts out with this. Now Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto Israel. And again, I want to remind you that we, we know this, the Holy Spirit of God is ultimately the author here, but he is using Samuel here to pin down the Word of God. And so Samuel records for us that Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto Israel, which I, I would say to you this, there's much to say about the character of Eli here. Or maybe I can say it like this, there's much to say about the lack of character here regarding, regarding Eli. As pointed out last week, you can go into chapter number 4 and you can see his passive parenting. As God gives the message to Samuel of his judgment on the house of Eli, he, 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 uh, he, he, he makes it clear that Eli, he says this, he restrained them not. So he was passive in his parenting. We, we can also, later on, we're also going to see this, that he was lazy and indulge it. In chapter four, we find out this that Eli was a fat man. Eli was a heavy man. He was overeating and those kind of things. In chapter, uh, in, and also in the next passage, in the very next passage, listen to this. We find where Eli ignores a man of God who comes to him and warns him of the judgment of God that is going to come on his house. I mean, it's kind of like he's being corrected. I, 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 this is what I wrote in my notes. Now we find that his son's both exemplified but also amplified. Every poor characteristic that he had. His indulgence, his lack of discipline, but also his unwillingness to be corrected. Eli had become old. And now his, indul- now his negligence of the tabernacle had grown... Uh, now his negligence of the tabernacle had grown that much more. He only heard what his sons did rather than taking the initiative to follow up and see. Listen, they were doing it right there at the tabernacle. Even the things that we looked at last week and robbing the sacrifices and those kind of things. But the point is this, that his sons were taking advantage of this and they were abusing it. Eli reminds us tonight, Eli reminds us that neglectful parenting provides an atmosphere that children will take advantage of and most of the time use it for evil. It's kind of like this when you're sitting down and watching TV, hopefully not this week, and your child is playing in the bedroom And you're letting them play and letting them do things, and all of a sudden it gets real quiet and you realize it. That's the most dangerous thing for a parent to realize. Because you know that 99% of the time, whatever they are doing and they are being quiet about, it ain't good. You understand what I'm saying? Now now here's the thing. Now those kind of things are silly and funny and all of that, but you got to understand that what is going on here with these young men is obviously on a far greater level of wickedness and evil. You understand? Listen, a child left to him and herself is like a tree left to itself. There's a reason why you tie ropes around a small tree on an, when it's an infant or adolescent stages, because if it's left to its environment, it will go the way that the environment pushes it. And so too is a child. Listen. When a parent neglects to when a par- when parents neglect to parent, the child will grow whichever way the culture pushes it. And judging by our culture, that is not a good thing. You, you understand? I don't listen. That's not the way I want my kids to grow. You, you know what they need? They need ropes. They need ropes tied around them. They need correcting. They need to be told no. You, you understand? Listen. Here's what I here's what I would say. They need parents. They don't need friends. They don't need you to be their friend. They need you to be their, their parent. But, at the, but, but the same reasons we often neglect, the same reasons we often neglect are the same reasons Eli was neglecting. Listen, we too are indulgent. I, I think probably one of the most heartbreaking things for me to watch as a parent or as a child sitting there with his or her parent or parents. And and longing for their parents' attention while mom and dad or mom or dad are sitting there on their phones. Listen to this. Eli, Eli even reminds us, and I want you to listen to this tonight. Eli even reminds us that just because you're in ministry doesn't mean your children will be spiritual. If you neglect them because you're too busy ministering to others, you are creating a bad environment. They will seek attention elsewhere, and, and usually when they do that, it is not good. Your first ministry, and I've always said this, your first ministry is your family. Your first ministry is your family. You have to make sure that they are not neglected. But on the other side of that, please listen to this tonight, regardless of the poor character of Eli, his age that is brought up here by Samuel the writer, Hophni and Phineas. They still bear the responsibility for abusing the situation. Abusing the situation. They were taking advantage of their father's place as priest of the tabernacle. That's what they were doing. And, 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 and this is what I, in fact, and this is what, and I wanna be, and I wanna kinda of stay with my notes tonight, so you're gonna to have to forgive me on that, but I do wanna be careful about what I wanna say here. Because I do want to address the church tonight and even our staff on this matter. And let me say to Faith Baptist Church tonight, one, thank you for understanding that pastor's kids and staff kids are just kids. Really thankful for that. They are going to make mistakes. They are going to do dumb things. You know why? Because they're just kids. They're just kids. Listen, it's already difficult enough without feeling the pressure of living in a glass house, so to speak, in ministry... And so I'm very grateful that our church family tonight understands those things. I, I really am. I was thinking about a preacher friend of mine. Uh, we were at the GIBF uh, last week, and, and he was uh, one of the preachers there and began to tell the story about uh, him and his assistant who uh, were driving up uh, with their families and their kids in the back, and they, they had all rode together in the church band, their church van. Uh, the paint was peeling off, and it was kind of a, you know, it's kind of a older and, and 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 you know, not not as great a shape, uh, church van, so to speak. So, so they didn't put their church name on the side of it. And plus, when you do that, you can drive however you want to. And so this preacher was on the phone, and he said this. He said, "I'm driving along, and I heard some commotion on the back, and so I put the phone down." and i said what's going on back there boys and and of course his assistant was addressing the issue as well as it was the pastor's son and the assistant's son doing something and so come to find out their th- their sons thought it would be funny to hold up a, hold up this sign to passing cars that read help we've been kidnapped <laughs> what was funny was they didn't even spell kidnapped right they only used one p it was kidnapped he said this, he said, after getting to the hotel in St. Joe, uh, they got settled in their room and, and, and just after a little bit, he, heard, he got a knock on the door. And so he opened the door and there were two Missouri State Troopers standing there and said, uh, he said, you know, they mentioned the guy's name and said, we've been investigating a kidnapping for the last four hours. Long story short, they were all very apologetic. Nobody went to jail for the kidnapping. But I thought about this, I'll guarantee you, my son would have been walking funny for the next week. <laughs> for the whooping he would have got, man. Listen, do you, do, you, do you understand what I'm trying to say to you tonight? Even staff kids are just kids. They're just kids. But let me also say this to my kids and even the kids that are on staff here in this church. Listen, I, I, realize, I realize being a pastor's kid... Or, or an assistant pastor's kid, or youth, whatever the case may be, I realize the pressures that come with that. I've watched our kids grow up in that. But you also need to understand that just because mom and dad are in ministry, it doesn't make you automatically right with God. And it doesn't make you above the rules on things. You Listen, you still need to be saved. You still need to know Christ is your Savior. And you need to, listen, and you need to walk with God just like mom and dad are striving to walk with God. And I would say this to any kid that's in this church tonight. But you also need to understand this. This isn't your church. And it's not your dad's church. And it's definitely not your mom's church. So so you understand this. It is the Lord's church. And none of us tonight are above being corrected. And, And again, this goes for any child in this church tonight you are hearing the preaching of the gospel. You are hearing how to walk with God and have godly character in your life. And my advice to you tonight, whether you are a child or an adult, or an adult it would be to receive it and not abuse it like Hophni and Phineas were in this scene. But here's the other thing about this. Now notice the next half of this. It says... It says, so Eli was very old and all, heard all that his sons did in Israel. And it goes on to say this, and how they lay with the women at, that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And so, and so these were women who came to the tabernacle to help minister in the things of the Lord. To which I would say this, that just as they took advantage of Eli's negligence, they also took advantage of their position in leadership and they begin to abuse that as well by committing adultery they had listen they had zero regard for the things of god zero regard for it i listen I, I don't think it would be of any surprise that we've heard stories very similar to this today so-called pastors and yeah i put quotations around it because you are no man of god when you do evil like this you are definitely not not a man of God. But listen, they, they will abuse their position of authority to advance themselves on the opposite sex. I remember, I, I remember when, we were, when, when I got saved and we were at Victory Bible Baptist Church in Pensacola, Florida. And uh, we started working with the youth ministry and, and things like that there. Uh, and this was even I, I can't even, I think this was before God even called me uh, to preach. And we were just involved in the ministry and just serving and helping And so what I did was I said, hey, you know, to our youth department, I said, let's go out and uh, let's start door knocking. And I think we started doing it on Thursday nights or something like that. And so we started door knocking and we, and we started out in the neighborhoods around our church there. And the idea was that hopefully we could find some more teens and invite them to our youth department and they would be saved and, and, and get involved there in, in our youth department. And so as we were as we were door knocking, and I'll never forget this, we came across, across this dear, dear sweet lady, and she just loved all the kids being out there, invited us in uh, to her home there. And, and so we started talking with her and, and inviting her to come to, to, to the church there. And, and she said this, well, you know, I, I used to go to church. And she started telling us her testimony. She said, yep. She said, I used to go to this church. And it, and she named the church, and it was down the road a ways and things like that. She said, but... As I was going there, the pastor got involved with the piano player, and and so I felt like I I needed to get away from that. There was wickedness and evil going on there, so I got away from that, and I started going to another church, and the pastor of that church got involved with the secretary and ran off with her. And so now I've just decided I'm not going to church anywhere. Let Let me help you with this tonight. That is wicked. That is ungodly. And and that is is vile. I I, I think that maybe we could say it like this, uh, that that though Eli had a lot of issues and things in his life, when when you look at verse number 24, he says, Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. Ye make the Lord's people to transgress. I think Eli hit hit the nail on the head right there, don't you? Because when people in leadership abuse that leadership for their own wickedness and evil, it does impact the people of God and discourage them from being obedient to the things of God. Now, let me just make this very clear tonight. If I happen to go out to lunch with the secretary of our church, that's okay because that's my wife. But what's going on here is ungodly. And it's evil. Hophni and Phineas show us, li- listen to this. Hophni and Phineas shows us that there is a tendency within men to abuse the positions that God has given us. No, right. yeah. no, 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 no. I'm not just talking about in church. I'm talking about in life. Yeah, that's right. There are men, listen, there, there are men that I know of who've been given the position and the privilege to be husband Amen. and right. to be father. And they are abusing. They are abusing that position by spending time looking at pornography. And this, and, they, and, I've, and I've heard that. Well, you know, preacher, it's just hurting me. No, it's not. It's wicked, and it's hurting your wife, and it's hurting your family, and it's hurting your church family, and it is hurting your fellowship with God. Listen to say this that it's only hurting me. That is an outright lie of the devil. That's right. It is not hurting. It is not just hurting you. It is hurting all of the people around you. But I'm just telling you. Listen, I've seen people do. I've seen men. I've seen men and and ladies flirt with the opposite sex. They've been given the position of spouse in flirting with the opposite sex just to see if there's an opportunity there. You have no business doing those things with the position you've been given by God. And listen, I could go on and on and on. I I think about us tonight. Listen, if you're saved tonight, you've been given the position of of a child of a king, a, a child of God, and you have no right to abuse that and to abuse His mercy by saying, well, it's okay if I go ahead and do it. He'll forgive me. If you know it to be wrong, then run. Stay away from it. Don't get involved in it. Don't justify partaking of it by thinking that your salvation is a license to sin. It is not a license to sin. It's the power to have victory over those sins and to walk with our God. You better keep this in mind tonight. Listen, you, well, I know it's wrong, but I know the Lord forgives you. Yeah, He'll forgive you. But you need to listen to this. You, you can choose your sin, but you cannot choose the consequences. And you need to understand that tonight. And Hophni and Phinehas certainly didn't understand that. And you need to grab a hold of that tonight. Don't abuse, listen to me, don't abuse, don't abuse the things that God has given us tonight. But when abuse like this takes place among God's people... You're a child of God. This is what I found in my life. You better believe the heavenly Father, who desires to have fellowship with you. Yeah, he's going to engage himself in an attempt to correct the problem. So, so, so you see kind of the cause here. But, but, but I want you to notice this this attempt to correct Hophni in Phineas. Look, look at verse number twenty three here. And he said unto them, why, why do you such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. You make the people, the Lord's people, to transgress. If one man sin against another, the the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall who shall entreat for him? So again, following Eli's confrontation there in verse twenty-two, he then begins to try and correct them. Now, now let me just say this to you tonight. I am a firm believer that this should really not have been a time of rebuke, but rather a time of removal. But, but again, I think that that points back to the passiveness of Eli and his unwillingness to restrain them not. I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, and I said this to Brother Ellis tonight. I said, "Man, you going to name my son and talking talking nothing? Get the belt off the back of the door, son." Yeah. That one went over like a lead balloon. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about wearing their hind ends out and sending them out of the. Yeah. All right, well that's where I stand on the on the thing. Yeah. Right. But but here's but here's the other thing. Though. Let's move on since people aren't agreeing on that one. There is a tremendous picture here of how God works in our lives in times of correction. Let, let, me, let me show you what I, what I mean. Look at verse number 23. And he said unto them, Why do you such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. And so Eli, Eli comes to them and he asks them why. Now watch this. It is the idea of trying to get them to do some self-reflection and some self-examining as to what they are doing can i can i say to you this that that's that's oftentimes how it begins with us you know the bible likens itself to a mirror you know when you look into it you know what it does it reflects back who you truly are come on it reflects back truth it examines us for who we truly are i I was reading uh this morning in the book of james in my bible reading and i'm telling you i was convicted about being a a double-minded man and not praying and asking in faith, and, and because here's the thing, that's what the Bible often does. When you read it and you study it with the intent that you desire for God to speak, what I have found is this: God will speak. Well, I, I just want to hear God speak audibly. Well, good, read the Bible out loud. He'll speak. This is, listen, this is God this is God speaking to us in that Bible right there. But here's what I also know, oftentimes we aren't in the Word. And and even sometimes when we are, and I know this to be true for myself, we are trying to get it checked off our list of things to do for the day rather than actually looking for God to speak. I better take a drink of water after that one. brings in the next step look at verse number 24 he says nay my sons for it is no good report that i hear you make the lord's people to transgress and so what he's doing right here is is that in the first verse he asked them why trying to get them to self-reflect in here he outright rebukes them and this is a picture of of straight up holy ghost conviction on our lives it is no longer about self-examination You're not getting the message, and so the burden now becomes heavier. As the Spirit of God begins to convict us and deal with us, you know, everywhere I turn, God seems to be bringing this up in my life. I can't stop thinking about it. I'm sick to my stomach. I don't want to go to church because as soon as I do, the preacher's going to preach on it. It's like he knows things that are going on in my life which I don't know things. Well, you're reading my mail. No, I don't even read my mail. But it's funny how that works, isn't it? And it's like God's trying to get our spiritual attention. And when we're not willing to get into His Word and let Him speak and let Him change us and mold us into the image of Jesus Christ and to correct us in our lives, then the Spirit of God begins to engage itself and the conviction becomes heavier and heavier and heavier. And then look at verse number 25. He says this, If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat in him? And so if it keeps going and we're still refusing correction, well, now we may find ourselves getting a warning of judgment. Be, be a fact, consequences may start engaging themselves. Since we aren't willing to listen to the Word and heed the conviction of the Spirit, God, still seeking our spiritual attention, begins to use circumstances in an attempt to correct us. There's the principle of sowing and reaping. Again, I've seen some people refuse to be corrected. You even get to this place, you even get to this place where the walls begin to cave in. And the circumstances of doing it my way begins to engage themselves. And they're still not willing to bow the heart and go, okay, Lord, I'm done. Whatever you want in my life, I'll do it. They're still not willing to get there. I've given this testimony before, but I've, I've watched this. I've watched this in generations. I watched the grandma and grandpa, patriarchs of their family when I was pastoring in Cassville. They had two kids and raised them. They had a problem with authority, despised authority, especially pastoral authority. Raised two kids, had the same issue. Only one of them was in church. She had three kids. All had the same issue. Only one of them was in church. The grandparents started raising some of them. And then those kids were having kids. And guess what? They too were having the same issue. And this is what I kept asking myself as a pastor. And and just being a guy from the outside in and watching this. What is it going to take for you to humble yourself and realize the problem isn't everybody else? It's you. And when you look at this, this is, this is probably the saddest statement of it all because here's Eli and say what you want to about his character, but at least he had the guts to come and confront them on this thing but here's what happens in the middle of verse 25 here's what it says notwithstanding they hearkened not unto the voice of their father because the lord would would slay them in other words here's what they did they refused correction and as already mentioned in chapter number four the judgment of god is going to engage itself and they will be killed in battle. Please listen to this. When God is trying to get your spiritual attention, don't reject it. Don't refuse being corrected like these two did because the consequences are too steep. It's too steep. All you have to do is just humble yourself and and surrender. And here's what i found is that even in the midst of consequences engaging themselves, if you'll just surrender and put it in the hands of God, I've seen where he's minimized the consequences. But here's the last thing. You see, like, like the previous paragraph, this too ends with a contrast to Hophni and Phinehas, and I'm glad for that. Look at verse number 26. It says, And the child Samuel, he grew old." What, what, is that, what is that talking about? Well, if you go back up to verse 21, you'll notice it ended, that, it ended that contrast. It said the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. So now we get down to verse number 26, and he's still growing. He grew on, but this time it says this, and was in favor both with the Lord and also with men. So here's what that means, is that now Samuel, he is not just growing physically, he's growing spiritually. Where Hophni and Phinehas abused the things of God and discouraged the people from serving God, Samuel comes in like a beacon of light in the darkness, doesn't he? He had great regard for the things of God. He was Listen to this, he was sensitive to the Spirit's working in his life, And he had a love and a passion for the Word of God, so much so that it says this, that during his days the Word of God would not fall to the ground. This brought great respect from the people and encouraged them in the things of God. And here's why. Well, listen to this. And here's why all of this happened in Samuel's life. Please listen to this. It's because Samuel was willing to be corrected. Well, how do you know that, preacher? Well, here's how I know, because he's a kid. And he didn't know it all. Just like if you're an adult, you don't know it all either. <laughs> I love the story in the next chapter when God starts calling Eli, or, or calling Samuel. Samuel doesn't even know who it is. He comes into Eli and wakes him up and goes, Hey, you, Master, you call? And he goes, Boy, go back to bed. a smart move right there. You're not getting into bed with me. Because kids don't sleep the same way. They sleep sideways. Sends him back to bed few minutes later, Samuel's laying in bed, and here's the Lord. Samuel! Samuel! Runs back in there. Eli goes, did you, you call me? No. Just paraphrasing him. Sends him back in there. To bed. Third time, comes in, and Eli finally figures out. It's the Lord calling. He says, next time that happens, just say, Lord, speak. You know what Samuel was doing? He was being teachable. He was being corrected. He was being helped. Is anybody getting this? And because of that, God would use him in a great and mighty way. Can I ask you something tonight? How, how do you respond? What, what's your attitude when, when you're being corrected? Maybe you're sitting in a service like this and hearing some things that you know is in your life. Are you angry? Are you frustrated and mad? Are you going to ignore it tonight and go, eh? You know, I'm just eh. because what I would say to you tonight is this: is that if that's our spirit when God's speaking to us, we're on dangerous ground. That's right. You know, I wrote in my notes tonight. And please don't take offense to this, but I think God's people today we want the blessings of God that Samuel had, but yet we still want to live like half-ninths. And it doesn't work that way. You sit here tonight and go, man, preacher, I want God to speak to me and I want God to use me and I want God to work in my life. Well, then maybe it's time for you to drop the pride and the spirit of rebellion and humble yourself and be willing to be corrected. Let's all stand tonight.